Welcome to Food and Loathing, where we still haven't found what we're looking for, which is affordable U2 tickets. <laughs> or really, any affordable way to get into the sphere. No, kidding. Or, or park near it, <laughs> or see it. Or look at it. I don't know. Yeah, I know. You have to maybe drive by and blink really fast. And Yeah, you, if you want really good pictures, it's kind of like, let me drive by and you take pictures out the window. Right, right? exactly. <laughs> Somebody hang out the moonroof. We've got this. That is the new name of the game here in Las Vegas. So I am Al Mancini, your host, a man who has been writing professionally about Las Vegas restaurants for over 20 years and has the waistline to show for it. <laughs> I'm also the creator of both the Eating Las Vegas guidebook series, which is now defunct, and the Neon Feast restaurant app, which is very funked. So yeah, funk it. Funk it. I am joined this week and every week by the creator of the Wishbone and Vine culinary website, one of the admins of the Please Send Noodles three exclamation That's point right. cookbook, <laughs> which is a cook. Oh, sorry, I should say this Please Send Noodles cookbook inspired cooking club. Yes. She's also a food writer for OffTheStrip.com. We call her Gemini, and it's not because we're seeing double, although that does happen from time to time. <laughs> the one and only Samantha Gemini Stevens. Hello, Gemini. How the hell are you doing? I am wonderful. Yeah, today's a good day. We've got great weather. The back door's open. Just kind of hanging out, recovering from the weekend. Back which... in your house for the second time in a week because you had a hell of a party, which we'll be talking about shortly. Absolutely. Uh, in addition to opening up her beautiful home for us to record today, Gemini is pulling double duty, engineering the show and hosting. And that's because our main engineer, Rich Johnson, is off chasing UFOs with the host of his <laughs> other podcast. But if he doesn't get probed, um, you know, yeah, you anything know. bad, he will still be handling post-production, putting together the entire episode. But Gemini's handling it on this end right now. But if you are hearing this, it is certainly because it passed through Rich's Absolutely. hands, most likely. So, um, Rich, we miss you. Everybody's going to miss you. We're going to miss your junk food reporting. But I think <laughs> we're going to help out a little on that front. We're going to try. This week. We've got whiskey here that I wanted to taste with Rich because I discovered this, um, this Will It Rye not that long ago, and um, I, I kind of really, really liked yeah. it. And I had asked if you had tried it. I thought we'd all try it on the um, on the air today because Rich had never had it. You've had it already. Yep. I already know that I like it. Um, it's sitting now right in front of us, but I want to <laughs> wait till Rich comes back. We'll, I think we'll it seems it fair. Rich. Yeah. Um, so, Rich, we got some. Yeah, we, we got things waiting <laughs> for you when you come back. Oh, man. So, um, yeah, I don't think we have a full junk food report, but where have you been dining, oh, Gemini? I hear well, like you've got a little junk in your I, proverbial trunk. <laughs> I do. Funny enough, I did have fast food this week. Uh, between the pig roast and travel preparations, I haven't been cooking or going out too much, though I have a few things to share. So, uh, But I did get into a bunless spicy chicken sandwich from Jack in the Box late Friday night probably early Saturday morning, mm -hmm. getting ready to cook for, for everything for Saturday. So you're making this gourmet feast in your home. You're doing a totally foodie-like centric thing. You're going to yeah. have some of the some of the most picky foodies in Las yep. Vegas at your house and the I next day. And I ordered Jack in the Box. And you ordered fucking Jack in the Box. <laughs> and that's what that's what fast food is for, when you need that, it exactly. fast. Exactly. It I doesn't have it, to be I, good. I, I needed it fast. It didn't need to be good. It had, it, it had to fill a need. Um, and then yesterday was sort of the fine, you know, the first day that it wasn't really kind of crazy. 
Uh, but there was still a lot of running around to get things done. And uh, yeah, I let myself go into uh, a McDonald's sausage, egg and cheese biscuit for mm. breakfast. Now, see, and if I was going to do McDonald's, if I were to eat anything at McDonald's, yeah. probably be a sausage McMuffin. Oh, that there would you probably go. be my, like the one, that or maybe a chicken McNugget. Yeah. I, might be, I mean, this is like gun to my head. You got to eat at McDonald's <laughs> world. Those might be the one. There's something to. about their sausage that has this sort of really savory spice sort of hit to it that is better than any fast food sausage out there. And I can't believe that I have an opinion on fast food sausage, <laughs> uh, but I do. And so that that was yesterday's breakfast when I ran out to uh, grab the dog from the borders because we didn't have her here this weekend. Obviously, uh, too much going on. Which one was better, the McDonald's or the Jack in the Box? Uh, I think the McDonald's set was more satisfactory. The Jack in the Box was just sort of to fill a need. <laughs> I didn't order this pizza with sausage. Sausage. You ever see? You ever watch um, Drawn Together? Spanky hand. Oh my gosh! Yes. Uh. <laughs> Takes a big dump on the pizza and hands it back to the pizza oh delivery my God. guy. Says, "I didn't order this pizza with That's sausage." Right. Oh my God! Who does the voice of that? That was. Um, I wish I knew. Spanky ham. Somebody famous. Who somebody, was? Um, oh. There's so many voices on the show. Who used to do the show with Kimmel, the Man Show? Uh, uh, the co-host. Uh, I can see him. Carson Daly? No, no. Anyway, no, you anyway. people know. Yeah, too, too off. But yes, <laughs> him pooping on pizza. That's a good, that's, that's a visual everybody we're conjuring needs right up. Now. Well, it's cartoon poop, so that's it's true. okay. Cartoon poop's cute. Cartoon poop's okay. We all put the poop emoji on something. <laughs> they sell donuts shaped like it. Okay, yeah, you know the show's out of control when I've forced... <laughs> I've diverted Gemini's section into a poop conversation. Oh. But I got to say, when you start with McDonald's and Jack in the Box, I mean, it's not really that can far you go? from each. <laughs> So I think I've had my fill for the year. Um, you guys have heard me talk a lot about Little Avalon lately over in the Village Square Shopping Center on Sahara and Fort Apache. So I'll be brief and just mention they still do not disappoint. We ordered a bunch of beach bum burritos and a Malfi toast for the people who came over early Saturday morning to help us get ready. And everything was really fresh and delicious. And I think I just need a punch card or stock in this place already. Yeah. Um, Something new to us this week was Chop Stop. It's a salad place. I was really craving a, a salad with like all the textures and all the stuff. I like really full salads with meats and nuts and veg and, and all of that kind of thing. And But I didn't want to go to the store because I'm not going to be home. Mm -hmm. So we found the Chop Stop. Um, Rhodes Ranch, not actually that far from here. Um, down on Durango and Warm Springs. A little bit of a drive, but not too bad. Um, so this is a salad-centric It's a salad-centric place. That's and weird. And they have man. a bunch of stuff that's already, like a bunch of um, um, recipes already put together you can choose from. Uh, we ch I chose a cob and added some like avocado and a couple of other little so things. So it's a build your own salad place. You kind can of? build like your it's own like a or you can Chipotle model you, of or, salad. Yeah, you can build your own or you can buy one of their pre-made okay. or pre-recipe sort of things. Right, it's fucking and weird. It is a little weird, but it was it fit the bill. It was perfect. Um, everything was super fresh. The chop was even and uniform, which you know you watch enough cooking shows, you hear about knife skills and all of this stuff. I'm sure they use a machine for it, but whatever, it worked. Um, they're quite large servings in my book, um, really tasty. Um, again, I got the cob. I added a couple of things to it for crunch and things like that. And John got an Asian salad and just devoured it. Everything was really, really great. So shout out to apparently the chop shop the salad chop shop place. salad joint. <laughs> now, see, now I'm just thinking of TV shows with it. Your whole thing. Um, do you remember Parks and Recreation? Oh yeah. And Sue's Salads, I think, was the store. They were <laughs> always trying so. to run out of business because <laughs> yeah. they were the fattest place on earth in that show. 
anyway. Oh my god. Got TV on the mind. So. Right? Uh, and then we also popped over to Fa OC on Sahara near Buffalo. Fuck. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, and loaded up on apps and two big bowls of pho. Um, I got seafood and added tripe and tendon. And John had the veg packed with tofu and all kinds of greens and carrots and things like that. I love their pho. pho. Excuse me. It's super light, but it's really flavorful. Um, and I can admit it, it's close to home. It's inexpensive. It's a really easy go-to. So it's solid. I'm happy to to go over there um, when tripe's I... Tripe's a tough one for me when you yeah? get to Ofo. I don't eat a lot of oh. tripe. I mean, I'll have it from time to time, but yeah. I rarely go out seeking tripe. <laughs> yeah. I wanted the texture of it, and I just I wanted some, some extra protein for sure. First time um, I ever ate tripe. I yeah. thought it was like noodles. I didn't realize yeah. what it was that it was in the bottom. It kind of looks like it sometimes. Pho, you yeah, know? Exactly. And um, I'm like, what am I eating here? This is a weird <laughs> kind of glass noodle. I'm like, oh, this is tripe, this man. This is weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I've found myself on a lot of repeats lately, and I know you guys have heard me talk about them a lot. So I've given myself an assignment for the month of October, and I'm going to go out and explore more new-to-me places over my easy favorites. So... Keep listening because I am going to find some new stuff to talk about. Gonna mix it up. I'm gonna mix it up. I'm gonna mix it up. I now I know you've been up to some fun and awesome stuff. What have you been doing? Yeah, we've been doing some stuff. Um Chef Ayal Shani was in town to host a massive party at his Palazzo Palazzo restaurant, Hassalon. Nice. Um, you know, anybody who knows me or listens to this podcast knows that I have much love for this restaurant, with one major caveat. I think this is one of the most exciting menus I've seen in the past year. But I'm not a fan of the ridiculous party atmosphere that breaks out later in the night there with people dancing on the tables and chairs and clanging bells. Yeah, I'm not a Waving fan. their napkins over their head. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I'm honestly at this point in my life, I don't get wasted enough to really get into that kind of shit. But I love the fucking restaurant, right? And then the truth is, I'm told if you go early, you don't get that that but this was a party yeah so we got that so again got right that again. And, and cool and you that's perfect for a party yeah you know um so it was a packed house the food was great chef was on hand he was picking the meat out of these massive crabs oh wow you can see on um on my personal um social medias oh i did see, that, see that that thing was huge yeah and also on the neon feast tiktok you can see yep. a little bit of that um so you know it was great one thing that it's not even in my notes, but I, I, this is worth talking about. Did a little sidetrack. Yeah. Because this is a new trend I'm seeing. It happened at one of the events that I threw with Chef James Trees, and it it was happening here as well. It doesn't bother me at all, but Sue hates it with a passion. Okay. And that is when people just put out food, like charcuterie-style food or anything else, just on the bar top. Oh, just, right. Without plates, without right, pl and that kind of shit. <laughs> and, you know, so th now this was like, this, it doesn't bother me at all, man. These are restaurants. These people are super food safety. I'd, you know, you could eat off their floors and yeah. it would be fine. Certainly their tabletops are as clean as their plates. There's nothing wrong with it. There right. really is nothing at all wrong with it. But it, it makes Sue lose her mind <laughs> when she sees people do this. Um, but that was like what it was. And everything was kind of an activation. Yeah. Right? So the food was just laid out. They have that huge bar that wraps all the way around at Hasselon. You may yeah. remember, some of you guys may remember it from being a major domo with David Chang running mm -hmm. it. And before that, um, Mario Batali's Carnivino was in there. So the bar goes all the way out and around. 
and there was just food. So one section, there's these beaten out beets that are like pounded super thin. Wow. And they're sliced tomatoes and whole shrimp that are laid out where the, the chef would then take the pick up the full shrimp, take out the tail, put it into a shrimp cocktail, hand you the shrimp cocktail. Okay. So everything was very much an activation. Um, and this is just part of the, the vibe that they created yeah. this place. A lot of fun. Um, they're making up the, um, the steak tartare right in the middle of the room. They're pounding out tomatoes and beets flat to turn them into <laughs> almost like fruit roll-ups and shit like that. Um, laying out meat on the bar. And, you know, you're just going around picking it up. So a little rough because everybody wanted pictures of everything. I mean, it was yeah. such a cool event to be at that everybody wanted a photo of it. But what they wanted a photo was of was the food. Yeah. It made it a little hard to get to the food, get to right? The food. <laughs> to kind of eat it without fucking up somebody's shot, right? So um but that's cool. You know, it, it was a really, really great event. Um, you know, and and I do like this restaurant. It's very clean food, very ingredient driven super ingredient driven. I mean, yeah. a lot of times it's nothing but the ingredient that you're having there, yeah. you know, the main ingredient. Um, and very light, you know, they're heavy on vegetables and heavy on seafood. They do have, like I said, steak tartare and you'll see lamb, I think there occasionally, but it just felt very light. It is everything that a Mediterranean restaurant, you know, is supposed to be. Yeah. Right. And I, I love the place. I'm just too fucking old for the um, <laughs> for the noise as it gets later into the night. Yeah. So, but but I had a great time, and it was I didn't get to talk with Chef. That was the only disappointment I had of the night, and he was just too busy fucking cooking yeah, for people, like. you know. So, the good event. Um, the next evening, I dropped by the M Resort for a grand opening party for their new Pan Asian restaurant. It's called Jade at 16. It's up on the 16th floor there. Amazing views. Um, you know, this has been a couple different things. When the, I remember when um when the M Resort first opened, there was a restaurant up there with a really creative chef and it ran the whole 16th floor, if I'm remembering it correctly. Oh, it kind of felt like a, a ship, that you were walking through a ship oh, as wow. you went from section to section. Now that's years and years and years ago. Yeah, I was going to say it's been so long. Yeah, More recently I did an article on their cocktail program at whatever this space, this half of that floor was um, when I was with the Review Journal, RJ Magazine. Um, and, you know, they had uh, that one of those enigmatic wine systems but they oh, also did those. it. They also did it for whiskey up there for a while, nice. right? So you can get really expensive whiskeys, you know, a little half ounce at a time or yep. things like that. Um, so they have redone the room again. It's still looking really beautiful. This is the front half. Um, they've got one of the big patios outside. There's windows against the one wall where beautiful, beautiful view. I mean, you just oh. look out over the pool yeah. structure of the M and in the distance, the way that the Las Vegas is laid out there, you could see the sphere, you could see the, the high roller, you could see all of That's the marquees. So, cool. um, so it's a beautiful place to go. It's a pan Asian uh, restaurant. So, you know, those are, those are casino staples. I think at this yeah. point, in fact, I think I need, I need to get a pan Asian category on neon feast. Cause yeah, let's there's do a it. lot of good restaurants where, you know, they don't necessarily, they may not be the best Japanese in town, may not right. be the best Thai in town, but if you're in a casino, a lot of places that have a little bit of Thai, a little bit of Japanese, yeah. a little bit of Chinese. This is one of those joints. Okay. In a beautiful setting. I really dug the food. Um, the cocktails that I sipped were very, very good. Um, they, I did some tonkatsu ramen, some Thai beef salad, some sushi, both rolls and nigiri. They had sticky ribs. I don't think I tried those, but they were on that menu. Um, I did some yakitori, did some dim sum. Crab fried rice was really fucking oh. good. Honey walnut prawns, cashew chicken, you know, kind of all the- Some of my um, favorite go-tos. Yeah, yeah. All, all the usual suspects of comfort food there. Matcha cheesecake, some Portuguese donuts. So yeah, check it out. It's a 
good spot. I mean, the M is, you know, they're going to be expanding that place. I believe they're building a new hotel tower in there. And it's supposedly on fire on the weekends, especially before a, um, a Raiders home game because okay. the team stays there yeah. on Saturday nights before their home games. And, you know, they have that Raiders theme uh, restaurant in there yep. as well. The M is definitely worth checking out. It's a beautiful resort. If you don't get over there, I'm thinking we might book a suite there one week and maybe record a podcast that while we're there. That sounds amazing. So, yeah, maybe let's, let's get that on the schedule if I we like can. I like it. Uh, New York's Prince Street Pizza held a pop-up at the Red Rock Resort to preview what they'll be serving when they open a location inside the new Durango Resort's Eat Your Heart Out Food Hall. So I had some of their round New York City-style pizza, How and then I it? brought home a grandma pie. All in all, solid pizza. Yeah. Very good. The round slice I had was definitely legit NYC street pizza, although the sauce was a little sweeter than I remember from my decade living in New York. Not enough to make it, you know, out of the ordinary. Right. It was it was it was good. Right. Um, I also I, I don't usually do grandma pies, but I brought a whole pie home with me and mm -hmm. we had that as our backup food all weekend long. It reheated <laughs> really, really fucking well. It was packed with t so much pepperoni, cut yeah. char, cup of char pepperoni and a um, little bit of spice in it, spiciness. And yeah, really good. So I'm excited to have them. They're going to be in the new Durango Resort, which is, of course, a station casino. That's why the pop-up was at Red Rock. Uh, that's opening, I want to say November 20th. Was it November 20th? Sounds the date familiar. Is? Yeah, it's close coming to up. That. It's coming Not up October fast. 20th. It's coming up quickly, though. Um, that's going to be really close to my house, mm -hmm. right? So I guess the question is, will this become one of my go-to pizza spots? Yeah. And I would say, you know, Brooksy's is still my go-to place. Yep, and I, I love theirs. I used to go over to... Um, to Where'd I go? Giuseppe's, but I haven't been loving their pizza as no, much in the past Giuseppe's couple years as I used as to. Lately. Yeah, um, but I think this will go into the rotation. Nice. For, it will not be my go-to. I think Brooksy's still will. Yeah. But this is definitely solid. Worth, All right. Worth putting into my my regular rotation for at-home pizza eating. And you know, I think that's what they're going for. This is not, you know, it's going to be in a food court. Yeah. It's not meant. I mean, it's when you're at the resort. Exactly. You know, when you're at the resort, if you're in the neighborhood, you want to get a pie to go home. Somebody like me, that'd be cool. But I, I think. It'll be a great addition to that neighborhood over on Durango at the 215 when they open. I also spoke with um, Lawrence Longo. He's one of the owners of Prince Street Pizza, and here's that conversation. Oh, we're so excited to come to Las Vegas. I mean, we've been waiting for a long time to open one up in Las Vegas, and opening up with Durango and Eat Your Heart Out couldn't be better partners. Now, have you? did you come to Las Vegas and did you do Pizza Recon? You know, did you see what we had out here? Because this is sort of a melting pot for pizza styles. We have a little bit of everything. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I did a little bit of a pizza tour and I did enjoy it. I loved uh, Pizza Rock. Um, so I, I think uh, Las Vegas has an awesome pizza scene and we're really excited to be a part of it. Good New York. Now, I lived in New York for 10 years, right? Yeah. So, and uh, you know, I know good New York street slices. Good New York street slices are hard to find in this town. What would you tell people who have been craving quality New York pizza for a while and maybe not have not found one that quite reminded them of what they remember? Well, I think um, a lot of a big debate is it in the water. <laughs> and uh, I'll let Las Vegas know that we're bringing the water, the New York water, to Las Vegas. Okay, good. So, so we have a filtration system that makes our water uh, become New York water. Okay, so you're not importing it, because I've heard about people who do that, man. In the old days, yeah, that's a little intensive. So describe the style of pizza that you make for those who may not have had it. Um, we have a, a Sicilian-style pizza. We also have the traditional uh, New York-style pizzas. A Sicilian's made in a, a pan. 
um, a Sicilian style tray, and it's kind of like almost like a fried focaccia, and you get that nice uh, crunch with the kind of like doughy, uh, pillowy crust with all of our homemade sauces. Every sauce is made fresh daily. Um, we import our cheese because cheese is from uh, the, the water is uh, a big part of cheese. So we want actually the water and the cheese to be from New York. Right. So, um, but yeah, we, we offer, and then we offer a grandma style, which is kind of like a, a thinner Sicilian um, style pizza. So we, we offer three different styles. We also offer our Sicilian style in a gluten-free option. And then this weekend, right be immediately before your big party, <laughs> I went to have brunch at Fuhu in Resorts World. I haven't been in there since um, Chef Joe Alvedo left, and I think he's actually now at Fountain Blue, although I'm not 100% sure. Oh. Uh, I'm a big fan of his cooking, but I'm happy to report that the place is doing quite fine without him in the building right now. I will, I believe, be interviewing Chef Justin next week, but okay. for now, I'll just tell you about a couple Please. of my favorite dishes. Um, the brunch menu, I should tell you, is different than the main menu. And this is another... This is a Pan-Asian joint as well, okay. right? So this is a Pan-Asian brunch. It is the Zook Group runs it, so it's right next door to the um, Zook nightclub. Yep. It has an outdoor patio where, you know, I've been there before where you could actually kind of get into on the day club vibe that was happening, you know, just off nice. in the distance. Yeah. The patio was not open for brunch when I went in. I'm told it's not going to be open for brunch, but oh. so that's a nighttime thing that okay. they do. Uh, so the brunch was all inside. Great view of the open kitchen. Nice dark interior. Beautiful, you know, hip chic place. Um, yeah. What what did I have, man? Um, foie gras and roast duck bun from the dim sum menu. I guess that's one of the big deals. The brunch menu is different from the main menu for a couple ways. One of which is that there's a large dim sum selection, about like nine that. dishes, so medium size. I nine like dishes. that a lot. Um, there's also a handful of sweet items like ube pancakes and Nutella French toast, things like that. So I did the foie gras and roast duck bun, which was topped with a light kind of pineapple flavored topping. Mm. Um, I did a crispy rice, which came with both spicy t- from the tuna from the sushi menu. You. you know how you when you get spicy tuna on crispy rice, that's mm. kind of a go-to. Oh yeah. You know that's just like a comfort food for sushi. I, I had to learn how to make that. I like that so much. I, I love that dish. <laughs> they do it here with both the spicy tuna on it and then a slice of um, fatty toro, uh, uh, fatty tuna or toro. Just plain old Toro, not yep. O Toro, not Chu Toro, <laughs> just Toro, um, laid over top of the spicy tuna and then some crispy garlic on wow. top. That was really fucking good. We had some oysters that were great, had a snow crab scrambled dynamite, which was like an egg dish, omelet okay. kind of dish. Um, I liked it that there was a lot of crunchy tobiko in there, yeah. the eggs. I would have liked a little more crab, like okay. the, the crab fried rice that I had had the night before, a couple nights before at um, at the M Resort. That's the you one know, that, that stuck was, with yeah, you. Yeah, that one stuck with me, the crab. But um, this was was a solid dish and then for sweets because i had to end with sweets um we did the nutella stuffed french toast which comes with whipped cream berry sauce and a hazelnut crunch oh, on top of it good. really really fucking good so then i went off to your pig roast <laughs> yeah. stuffed from that but um you know i had some of your lamb had some of your pig yeah socialized with some great people that was a cool event thanks so much oh, for i'm so me. glad you enjoyed it yeah thanks for coming it's our favorite party of the year and it gets better every year how long and, have you been doing that? Uh, this was our 
fifth and maybe like a half because of COVID and things like that. Right. Um, so, and it's actually been going on longer than that, but I sort of took it over about five years ago from another friend who uh, moved away. Now, was this your wedding anniversary celebration as well? Because you once got married it, at one of these big <laughs> I was, yeah. We just celebrated four years last week. Oh, congratulations. Um, yeah, four years ago in 2019, uh, we only told about 30 people and then we surprised the rest of you Yeah. Uh, about the middle of the evening that was an awesome <laughs> and threw a wedding right into the middle of everything. Yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> Way to roll. Well, that was a great event. So thank you for having me. Rich uh, was there. We all had a good time. Yeah. Um, so everybody I saw there, hey, it was good seeing you, good catching up. Right before I came over here today, I was um, I was trying. I didn't have a lot of time. I just got yeah. my hair colored. Do you like my new colors? I love these colors. Oh, They're bright you. and kind of yeah i make a little bit my summertime colors just yeah they're a little bit summer but they're still a little bit fall in there like i'm loving it i love all about it so i got out of that and um i knew i had a little time to kill before i came here so i was gonna try to head over to milpa which is close i love our houses um but i realized as i was looking at the eta that i was not going to make it here in time so um i passed roberto's tacos right and i haven't been into one of those and i can't even tell you how long the light bulb went off over my head. Like, man, you you, you think you hate Roberto's tacos now, but everybody else loves it and it wins every fucking award and it's a homegrown it is. I know. You know, success story. So I should go back and maybe I would like Roberto's tacos. Um, but no, I, I would say Roberto's tacos, his main draw is still that it's open 24 hours. Yeah. And when you're out partying like a crazy yep. person, I'm sure it's fantastic. I was not. Um, I got a burrito. I got a shrimp burrito. Okay. Right. So number one, too messy to pick it up and eat it. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's fine. Not all burritos can be eaten right. handheld. Right. right? They, they, but this was very liquidy and sloppy and messy, but it wasn't good to eat with a knife and fork either because well first of all they give you those plastic fucking yeah. knives and forks and you can't <laughs> cut through it at all again very liquidy inside um there's a nice sear on the outside of the tortilla but that makes it hard to cut yeah so it was a fucking mess to eat and, you know i by the way i hate roberto's tacos because the pictures are so fucking unappetizing they really place. i look at the food on the wall and i'm like i do not want to eat that I know. Right? so and i should say this was not a bad burrito i mean like it was not a disaster of a burrito it just wasn't now nah, i don't know maybe it was a fucking disaster it of sounds a like it was a disaster i mean it was it was a disaster to handle right yeah. so let's get into the food i don't know a little too spicy for my taste like, okay let me spice up my burrito after the fact but yeah okay, i'm a pussy when it comes to heat so that's nobody <laughs> else's problem first shrimp that i had tasted just a touch fishy right and okay. now I'm, I'm trying to wrangle this entire burrito realizing i'm not going to finish the fucking thing realizing it's a mess the filling's coming out again very liquidy filling it looks more like a fajita filling to be honest Interesting. like okay. lots of green bell peppers lots of onions lots of very wet rice maybe it's the same thing and they just toss it into yeah. a seared burrito shell right and then <laughs> so i had had this one kind of fishy shrimp and then i'm like well let me just try a shrimp by itself and i'm digging and digging i couldn't find another fucking shrimp right? oh my god <laughs> good so i find that dig deep i find the shrimp it's really small it wasn't fishy though the second one so you know maybe i just got a bad shrimp yeah i'm not gonna say that you know you can't blame that i've been to the best restaurants in the world once in a while a bad a single bad Something shrimp happens. will get through, yes. you know? Um, so, okay, I'm not going to blame them for that. But as I was searching for it, I just started disliking this burrito more and more, you know? Um, yeah, so that was it. So, Roberto's, man, no disrespect. You guys are crushing it. Um, 
You know, lots yeah, of you're people obviously love doing what you something do. right. Um, you're doing it. You're just speaking to a crowd. But you know, you ask like, well, somebody may ask like, well, why are you reviewing a place like that when it's not your thing? Or I'm, this isn't even a review. I, I think it's more to give you as a listener an idea of what it is that I like and what I don't yeah, like. Absolutely. So that way, when you hear me talking about other shit, because if you love fucking Roberta's and it just sounds like I'm foolish, you know, the things yep. I'm describing don't bother you or that you think they're great, then take that into account when you hear me say I don't absolutely. like a place, you know, man, because my taste is not everybody's taste. And right. um, so, yeah, there's my, that's the, the value I hope to bring by telling <laughs> you my thoughts on the meal I just ate at Roberto's. I totally get it. I think it puts, I think it puts things into perspective. So when people listen to the various things we like and don't like, then when we are talking about something, they've got something to kind of go on. Yeah. So I appreciate it. So that's I, what I was yeah. hoping to do there. Well, coming up in the news, sudden bar and restaurant closures and James Beard in Las Vegas. But first, Al speaks to Kim Owens of Main Street Provisions about their changes in the kitchen, how it's the next step in the restaurant's evolution. This is Food and Loathing. Here you are in Vegas, you're hungry, and the choices are endless. But do you really want to trust the crowd? You can trust Neon Feast, restaurant recommendations from real food pros sharing where they send friends and family. All that knowledge is just a download away on the Neon Feast app. You want the strip, off strip, downtown, great views, great value? Find smart, informed restaurant recommendations on the Neon Feast app and neonfeast.com. You want more Al Mancini? You can hear me all week long on all of the Highway Drive and Vegas Vibe radio stations delivering the Neon Feast foodie updates. Also, keep your eyes open for my appearances on Wake Up With The CW and my videos on the at Vegas social media channels. And you can find some of my writings at visitlasvegas.com. So I'm here with Kim Owens at Main Street Provisions on a very busy day for both of us. We're both, if we both sound a little frazzled, we're just coming off some craziness. But I'm um, excited to be sitting down here with you. Kim, how are you today? Doing great. Except for the traffic in this town, you know, I'm doing great. I know, it's nuts, man, but that's okay. But you, you are in a walking neighborhood. You're in the only cool walking neighborhood of Las Vegas, which is, of course, the Arts District, my favorite place to come and hang out. And, um, yeah, things are, first of all, let's just talk about how things have been in the Arts District recently, because I swear I come down here maybe once a, every two, three weeks, and I'm always shocked by how much it's grown. You know, it's going to continue to grow like this for the next 10 years. It's beautiful out here. Um, so many new business owners, so many new businesses, so many new neighbors. It's just a great time to be in the Arts District for sure. It's always fun to come down here. Although, you know, I'm starting to feel old when I come down here. I see all the cool young kids and I'm like, oh man, they're all just so much hipper than me. <laughs> oh, come on, Al. We're both still cool young kids. We try. Or as I always say, you know what? I may not be as cool as you young people, but when I was cool, I was cooler than you'll ever fucking be. <laughs> Oh, that's a good way to put it. Uh, so the reason we're here primarily is to talk about the fact that you've had a major change in the kitchen. So why don't you tell people what's going on? Well, let's see. Patrick Munster has left. He spent a year with me here. Um, we accomplished all the things we wanted to accomplish. We were on a great path. I wish him all the best of luck, and I'll let him tell you all about his new move and such. Um, but that opened up a great spot for somebody who has been toiling away in this kitchen for over a year now. His name is Adrian Garcia. Um, moved here uh, a few years ago from the Southern California market. 
was with um, Ray Bayless's Red O concept. Rick Bayless's, um, yeah, Rick Bayless's Red O concept for a while. Um, Hotel Figueroa, great pedigree. I mean, Adrian is so wildly talented, and he's actually been here longer than Patrick was here. Um, so he slid right into that executive executive chef position. It's been a seamless transition. So that left his position open, Adrian's position open. So I had a great, I have a great line cook, Ellie um, Parker, Gabriella Parker, who is now my new sous chef. And she's been with me for about a year as well now. So she's been through all the changes that we've gone through in the last year and um, a huge part of the development of the menu as well as Adrian, obviously. And so it's just been a great seamless transition. And so far they are gelling together very, very well. Kitchen's on fire. We're working on some, we're working on some uh, fall menu items now, which is great. Um, but you know, the biggest news, I guess, is Chef Adrian's getting married in eight days. <laughs> so he's got a lot going on in his life, but um, things are good. Things are very good. Patrick left us in a great place, and I wish him all the best of luck. And it was a fun year, and we did it. So. And it was a very eventful year, I think, for this restaurant. But, you know, I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast, they are very familiar with your restaurant because, you know, it's one of my favorite restaurants. Um, Everybody, you know, we we, we all just love you. You're such a huge part of the community. But, you know, we get some stragglers sometimes who may not be up to date on everything and why I love this place so much and why it's such an important restaurant. So this new chef kind of, I feel, gives me an opportunity to really recap people on, on how Main Street Provisions has kind of progressed rest over the how many years have you been open now it'll be three years in december if you can believe that wow wow three years and it's i don't know one time one thing it seems like yesterday and then in another moment it seems like wow you know um you've been here forever it's you're (laughs) such a staple and i think part of that has to do with the fact that um that the arts district has really evolved simultaneously with the evolution of this restaurant. I mean, you think that's fair to say? I think that is very fair to say. You know, um, there's an old adage, an old saying that says, you know, let it be, give the people what they want, right? Let it be what it's supposed to be. And so it has evolved into what my guests want and what future guests are looking for. So the way I describe it is, you know, it's new American food with an emphasis on steak. And um, we've got some amazing steaks on the menu. We rolled those out a year ago. Um, We've got an unbelievable tomahawk pork chop on the menu now that is just selling like hotcakes. Um, It's just, it's evolved into something that is very approachable, but also bold in flavor, Um, creative, seasonal, all the things that I always wanted to do. Always wanted it to be seasonal and bold and a little bit different with a slight edge. And so um, edginess to it, I should say. And that is what it's become with the cocktail program in the last year. It's become that. And with the food, the menu itself, the dinner menu, it's just evolved into what the people want and it's showing in our growth it's showing in um, our repeat guests um, guests that bring every out of uh, my locals who bring thank goodness every out-of-town person that comes to visit and we know we get a lot of visitors here that come and want to see us so um, so it's really nice to have those guests have so much faith in us and be so proud of their favorite restaurants so it's turned into something really nice and it, it's interesting to me, and it, this this latest chef change has kind of solidified something that I guess I, I'd realized for a while, but it, I, I don't know that I really 
thought it this way, is that this restaurant definitely seems to have, from the very beginning, been your vision. Your, and and it's, you, we usually talk about places being a chef's vision or what a chef does. And I was introduced to you because I knew your first chef, Justin Kingsley Hall. So for me, you were just a partner, not just, but you were a partner for Justin Kingsley Hall, right? And I always viewed this as, as his restaurant. And um, then when he left, you know, things changed a little bit and there was a little bit of Patrick's, you know, energy came in and his steakhouse background, you went a little more towards a traditional steakhouse. But as I've watched it and as I've gotten to be... Fr- I hope to say friends with you. I consider you a friend now. Um, you know, I realize how much of this from day one has been something that you had been thinking of for years and years and years before you met any of these chefs or before you certainly ever thought of working with any of the chefs who have been here. And this is very much a Kim Owens vision. Is that fair to say? I would say that, yes. Um, no question about it. It's So there's, when I opened a restaurant, I knew that the only consistent person in this restaurant would be me. I'm the only one that's not going to quit and can't get fired. So there you go. So, um, so it has been my vision for a very long time. It's funny because, you know, your phone pops up these photos, these old photos, right? And it'll just give you memories. Well, one of the most recent memories um, that popped up um, most recently was a bunch of photographs that I had just kind of screen captured years ago back in 2016 before I even thought I was going to leave Del Frisco's and you know I've got that great steakhouse background too I ran a prime steakhouse company for a long time and so um, my vision was this beautiful roasted chicken and then it was this beautiful short rib and then I had you know some sandwiches on there because I thought I was going to be a lunch and dinner place so it has been a vision for a very long time Um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with like Commander's Palace and I'm certainly not comparing myself to the Brennans the matriarchs of Commander's Palace, but it's always been their vision, and they brought in some amazing chefs to work with them, and that's kind of how this has to work, because again, people do move on, they grow, they leave town, they do all these things to change their lives, but the one constant is going to be the person who owns the place, and that's me, so you're stuck with me, Al. I'm good, (laughs) that makes me very happy, I I love that I always do see you and and see your husband when I'm in here most of the time, Um, so that's fantastic. Uh, You mentioned the Brennans, that's a great example, you know, to me, I I thought of the Maccioni family, you know, something like that, another fine example of that, that they have superstar chefs have come and gone through their restaurants. And um, but yet it is always, you know, it is what it is. Um, And what's cool, though, is perhaps more so I I don't know commanders well enough to know this. um, So perhaps their chefs have done this, but certainly more so than than, say, Le Cirque in New York, which I've eaten many times over the decades. Your chefs, the two that you've had so far in this very short time. Both have left very strong imprints that, that aren't going anywhere. That ha- it's not like somebody comes in and then it's, it's new blood, new something. Like, uh, like the, what, and it's, but it's also not that the chefs can't change things, right? And it's a strange balance, I guess. I'm struggling with the words for it because I feel like each of the chefs brought their personality very much so, made very distinct impressions. But then when they leave... It's not a complete overhaul of throwing that out the window. It's a building upon it. And, uh, you know, maybe that's what you've had in mind intentionally. Maybe that's what's, you know, just happens the way that it works. But do you think that's a fair assessment? That is. And it's kind of just how it's happened. So um, there's still two menu items that are on the menu 
different variations of them, but um, from when Justin was here. There's going to be some of the items that Patrick left that will stay here. But then the menu will take a little of Adrian's personality, um, which is great because I think in a restaurant like this, you have to be innovative. You have to keep it fresh. Our guests are so excited every time we change a menu item, whether it's a cocktail or a food item. Our guests are so excited. They're already asking, so winter fall menu items gonna start? Winter fall menu items gonna start? And so you do have to continue to evolve, and then you keep those things that the guest really likes. The duck breast is still on the menu. It changes seasonally, um, but that duck breast is still here. The short rib dumpling is still here. Those are two carryovers from, um, from Justin's days. Patrick, there will be carryovers from Patrick's days, but the core balance of the menu the way it is now is what my guests really are enjoying. When I read my reviews, which I read all of the reviews, when I talk to my guests in the dining room, which I talk to everybody when I'm here, um, that's what they're telling me. They're telling me this is the restaurant that they really want. And more so than specific menu items, I guess. What, what I feel when I come in here is I still feel a little bit of the souls of those chefs. I feel, I remember, you know, Justin, uh, uh, yeah, Justin, I followed him for, you know, years and years and years, but there's that campfire spirit of his, right? That open fire, that, that down home, that, that there's, there's just something very warm and embracing about that, that has just left its imprint on this restaurant, you know, continually. And then Patrick has a very modern steakhouse attitude that he came in with, which has left an imprint not, that, that goes beyond, I guess, specific menu items. And that's just so cool to me because, you know, a restaurant is a place where we form memories. And it is nice when you come in. And as much as I remember all the meals I've had here with people that I love, I also re I, I can feel the energy of chefs that I've loved, you know? Well, I just love to hear you say that because I do feel like they are still here and they will always be a part of the fabric of this restaurant. That is what they are. They are part of the fabric of this restaurant. Every person, whether they stay a day or a year or three years, it doesn't matter. They will always leave their, they'll, they'll leave a little something with and I would say this applies to, to cocktail programs and things like that uh, from your bar team, you know. So it is just, it, this is such a, it feels like a family. It feels like a personality. It feels like a restaurant that has been touched by some really talented people and, and maintained that, maintained the, um, the, the, what they brought to it. So, so I'm excited. I don't get sad when I hear now that you're losing a chef as I do in so many other places because I say, okay, let's see what the next evolution is in this place. I think that's great. I'm glad you're excited because I'm really excited. Adrian's excited. Ellie's excited. The whole team's excited. And we're looking forward to those fall changes and looking forward to some fun things coming up. Um, anything you can tease? Other, I know you talked about some restaurant items, but any, any programs, any events, anything like that you could tell people about? Well, let's see. You want me to tease a dish? Yeah. Kind of. I'm only going to tease one component because okay. it's the only component I've tasted so far. <laughs> but yesterday, Adrian was in the kitchen and he was making one of the most delicious um, lobster shellfish broths I've ever tasted that's going to go on our new fall menu, um, our fall fish dish. So it is, oh my gosh, I could have drank a bowl of that. It was delicious. So that's one new item. We're also playing around with the um, seasonal risotto. I'll tease two of them for you. Seasonal risotto we're um, playing around with right now with pumpkin. Um, people love pumpkin. And uh, so it's going to be a very interesting dish. I've tasted uh, a version of it and then Adrian wasn't quite happy with it yet. So he's presenting another version, I think, this weekend. So I'm very excited. So still 
working before his wedding eight days from now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He is absolutely on fire before his wedding right now. He's got so many moving parts at this point in time, but he's doing great. Um, you know, we, I spoke a bit earlier about how I feel this restaurant has grown with this district um, and with the arts district. Again, my regular listeners, they probably know the Arts District the way that I know the Arts District. You know, I feel like I know it like the back of my hand, even if I don't get down here as frequently as I used to. But I'm still amazed at how many people don't understand how on fire the fucking Arts District is. It's almost one of those things. I can start to feel it. <laughs> well, we've gone into this on my, my podcast before. I can start to feel it in the resentment I get from um, the hipsters who are getting mad that new people continue to discover it, right? Because that's what usually happens is something catches critical mass amongst the hipsters and then the the less the the late adapters or adopters i should say come on board um and that's where the arts district is right now but i'm sure there are a lot of people that would prefer i didn't spread the word further but for those who don't know the arts district for those who don't come down here very frequently maybe only have driven through it once or twice um could you describe what the vibe is like, what the community scene is like? Because I love to bring people down here, just walk them from place to place to place and just show them how this feels like a small city in, of it, in and of itself with a really cool scene going on of people who support each other. Um, well, you kind of started the whole conversation with the, um, with the fact that it's going place to place to place. So I would describe the Arts District as our true neighborhood um, in Las Vegas. It's Main Street, and there's a huge national resurgence of Main Streets everywhere. I mean, I just went to Park City, stayed on Main Street. It's a huge resurgence, but our Las Vegas Arts District on Main Street is thriving because there's so many passionate small business owners that have come out here and just built their dreams. And that's what we're all doing. We're building our dreams. I hope nobody gets upset about the fact that we might be reaching a critical mass at some point because you want to support these businesses. You want these businesses to stay. Preach, preach, preach to these people. I know. You want these businesses to stay around. You want this community to thrive because this, to me, because it is the center basically of our valley, the arts district is almost dead center. I think it is the heart of our community and the heart of Las Vegas. I really do. And the heart is beating strong right now. Everybody needs to support all of these business owners, including Main Street Provisions. And I think people need to know that all of you support each other, right? And that's the deal. Like, don't go, oh, so-and-so is moving in down there. Fuck him. Fuck her. You know, like, it's like, no, you you are the first, as, as long as it's somebody who comes in with good intentions. You guys have always been the first to reach out a hand to newcomers, to reach out a hand to your newest neighbors and say, how can we lend you a hand? And that, I think, is so cool. It is amazing how close we all are. And um, and it's been that way since, I mean, my gosh, I signed my lease, believe this or not. I didn't open until 2020, but I signed my lease in 2018. And so it was, there was nothing out here except for Esther's and Casa Don Juan and Rebar and um, Velveteen Rabbit. That's it, really. And so it's grown so extremely fast when we look at it in the middle of a pandemic as well and so it's grown exponentially well but we all do support each other i went to every place that was open before i opened my restaurant don't have as much time now but i try to support as many people as possible as many as i can just try not to gain too much weight along the way well welcome to my world okay (laughs) right i'm preaching to the choir there but um but i'll tell you 
Each new business that opens, you're right. We open arm, we hug them and just bring them in with, welcome them with open arms for sure. And that's the way it should be in a community. And that's what we're building here. That's what we all realize. We're building something bigger than us. And that's it. And it's bigger than it's bigger than a place for me and my clique of friends to hang out anymore. Right. And that's what's kind of become cool about it is. And, and I know some people and when I was 25 years old, that used to piss me off when all the masses discovered my favorite things as well. So I get it, you youngins. But um, yeah, man, it's great. And I just love the growth of it, man. Um, so I guess that's about it for today. I just wanted to chat with you. Tell, tell the new chef I say congratulations. Tell Patrick I wish him the absolute best on his next um, endeavors. And I can't wait to come in and eat some new menu items thank you so much al it's always a pleasure to see you and i can't wait to have you back i'll let you know when we start launching some of these we are all over social media just search for food and loathing or reach al directly info at food and where am i these days what am i doing most important what am i eating cooking and learning Find out in time at wishboneandvine.com. One more time, that's info at foodandloathing.vegas. And my site, wishboneandvine.com. Square Bar has closed suddenly, announcing their news on Instagram only days after having to close briefly for a plumbing problem. I saw that. Yeah, and they had also just recently posted they were hiring. So it says that to uh, you know, keep the, the chef, Chef V, and uh, all of the staff in your thoughts. They are hoping to give us updates, and those will be posted to social media. So have you been to Square Bar? Uh, when they first opened. Yeah. So yeah. refresh my memory. Is this like a 90s-themed Kind bar? of, yeah. That's what I got out of it. Okay, yeah. yeah. And I wasn't in there very long. Yeah, I always wanted to get over because it's over by that... Um, that, that shopping center where, you know, all the sex clubs are yeah, and the original yeah. old Lotus of Siam used well, to be in there. Well, and it came up this weekend in conversation because a friend said they were just going to be going over there. I think it was today. And I happened to be chatting with him last night um, about uh, a program coming up that I'll talk about. And uh, I said, oh, did you know the square bar closed because <laughs> it's listed on the website? It sucks, I man. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm not laughing that they're closing. I'm no, just laughing that, of the you know, timing of where it. The, the timing was really bad. Uh, yeah. Damn. Ugh. Other people's misfortune when it gets in the way of, of my social life. <laughs> Just kidding. There's, you know, it, I, used to cover, I, really I covered do. celebrity like yeah. celebrities forever, right? And whenever a celebrity dies, you'd hear the entire newsroom like, "Oh fuck, this is what I needed right now." Right? You know, like that person had to go and die and ruin my <laughs> weekend. Now I've got to report. So, so that's what it, that gallows humor that I'm there. bringing to exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. No, sorry for the square bar. Yeah, people. I hadn't it's, been it's over really there, sad. But. Really sad to hear that. I hope everybody's okay. Um, you know, they're they're they're. I don't want to say pimping out their staff, but they're. Uh, trying to speaking very highly of their staff to hopefully help them find other positions around town. So if you guys are looking, contact the folks over at Square Bar. Yes. Um, Hope and Hospitality, the October fundraising drive by Project Real is in full swing. Project Real is partnering with bars, restaurants, and other culinary partners. And you can participate by simply ordering certain menu items that will pass on a dollar or two to the Educational Foundation, meant to help teens and young adults navigate legal issues and more when becoming an 
an adult. <laughs> How many legal issues do they expecting we have? Well, there's a lot. When you become an there's adult. a lot. There's it's a it's a really great program that goes in and starts in at, at a really young age and helps people into, you know, maybe their first couple years of college. Just kind of, you know, just because you don't know a law exists mm-hmm. doesn't mean it doesn't affect you kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And Vegas is such a place to grow up and it's such a, you know, so different compared to anywhere else in the country. Um, that uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really good program, but the reason I'm mentioning it is because they partner with a lot of our favorite places where you can go in and order a burger or order a drink or order something like that and you can help them out just by patronizing your favorite restaurants around town. Cool. So if you go to projectreal.org, you can get a list of all the places they're working with this month and they will be adding more. Okay. Velveteen Rabbit announced their new seasonal menu this week, including a cocktail called The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Listen to this. I was kind of interested. Seaweed-infused rum, kashaka, coconut falernum, pandan, lime, coconut milk, and a nutmeg fog. I'm using mm. air quotes for those who can't see me. Find the eclectic and fun cocktail bar on Main Street between Colorado and California. And if you get there before I do, tell me about this drink because I am super curious about these very Asian flavors and uh, the whole idea of it. And if you need something to do this weekend, the Downtown Brew Festival is this Saturday, October 7th, an evening of beer and entertainment for 21 and over. Tickets available at downtownbrewfestival.com. And L2 Barbecue has closed. This is another one that announced on social media. Uh, A post that first appeared, I believe, Saturday. They said, quote, it is with heavy hearts that we share the news of L2 Texas Barbecue closing permanently tonight at 8 p.m. Not a lot of notice given out to the public. I don't know what happened. Post went on to thank their customers with no explanations of the reason behind the decision. I tried to reach out to some people we know who know them. I wasn't really able to get any more info than that. Um, You know, that was on our Neon Feast list of top barbecue spots. I'll be the first to admit I did not get over there terribly I did, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so sorry to them, and um, hopefully if it, the, those folks have anything new going on in the future, they will get in touch with us, and we can tell people about I it. I love that. Quick reminder that the Las Vegas Food and Wine um festival, I guess, that's in town this week. We'll be holding its grand tasting this Friday and Saturday night at the Palms. And I believe tickets are still available on that one. Also, um, we've been talking a lot over the past few weeks about the James Beard Foundation's upcoming dinner at Echo and Rig. In fact, Gemini and I had a nice conversation with a rep from James Beard last week after we wrapped recording this, and she was talking a lot about that. Uh, We didn't record that conversation, but I did speak with Chef Sam Marvin. Man, I am so excited to do this uh, Friends of James Beard dinner on October 16th in our new Henderson location. And it really means more to me than it has in the past. The James Beard Foundation, man, I was a big fan and I was part of the James Beard Foundation 25 years ago at the house doing dinners. And then like 20 year interim, you know, I've done a dinner since then, maybe five, six years ago. But it really morphed a little bit for me, the James Beard Foundation, from the originality of what it was supposed to be, the culture, the foundation, the philosophies, right? And I think they noticed that, right? I think that it came to fruition that maybe they strayed too far away from what they intended to be. And they are back with a purpose, right? They're still the number one uh, aficionado of food culture in the United States. Like, they still mean a lot. The James Beard Foundation, especially the chefs and the Culinary Institute, we still hold that as our bar, right? And, um, and it's nice to see what they've done. They've, you know, they stopped doing dinners at the house. 
mm-hmm. right? They rent the house out now for events. They do a lot of education. They've changed their whole system back to like good food for good, right? It's about really letting everybody be involved, not just a certain group of people that maybe morphed into that. So now it's it's everybody, right? Doesn't matter what sex, what color, what how much you weigh, what it doesn't mean matter anything anymore, right? It's about good food for good. And when Isabella from the James Beard House told me about it and we talked about it, they have a new place called Platform, which is down on the docks. So they took a, you know, 20,000 square foot location on the docks where they have, where they do like, almost like a test kitchen. Young chefs coming in, young, not just chefs, young hospitality people. They new products. They have little kiosks on the, on the, on the dock area now. They're doing all their events and education, education. It's, it's really a great cause to be jumped back in bed with again. I've always believed in them, and now I'm really, really proud. So when I heard all this from the, my friends at the James Beard Foundation, and they used to do dinners outside of the house in different states and in different places, I said, man, I would love to do a dinner for you guys again, right? Let's do it in Vegas on the West Coast. And they haven't done that in like five, six years with all their regrouping and rechanging. And Isabella was so excited to uh, be able to do it. We've been friends for a while that I've been involved with the James Beard for many years, and uh, it's, it, the future is very bright. And I would ask you for ticket info, but you're sold out, right, man? We are. Humbly, humbly, we sold out very quickly. And that made me so happy because it really showed, like, you know, and it's not, it's only 130 people, and it's a big city, but it really showed that the demand for the James Beard, the demand, you know, a lot, I looked at the guest list, a lot of them are industry people, which was really exciting for me. That's why we did it on a Monday night. So maybe traditionally some industry people could come. Um, Yeah, so we're excited about the event. The World's 50 Best Restaurant Awards is coming to Las Vegas in June of 2024 with events at Win Las Vegas Resorts World, The Venetian, and some still-to-be-announced off-strip restaurants, culminating in an awards ceremony at Win on June 5th. Reps for all three of those big resorts were on hand for the announcement. And afterwards, I spoke to 50 Best Restaurant Awards spokesperson Tim Brooke Webb about the decision to bring the event to Las Vegas and what it means for our town. Since 2015, we've been moving World's 50 Best around the world. So it started off in London. It was in London for, I don't know, nearly 10 years, I think. And then we decided to take this show on the road and seek out the best cities in the world to hold our event in. Um, we always consult with, with our various stakeholders. So we consult with chefs, media, uh, we consult with our partners about where do we want to take 50 Best. And I have to say, um, last year when I started talking to people and mentioning, I, I think that Vegas is our next destination, the excitement was extraordinary. So, it, I mean, it was just the most obvious choice, really. World-class cities is what we look for uh, to bring this show to. And it has to be somewhere that can really activate, you know, an event the size of 50 Best and has the gastronomic credentials, has the restaurants, and be somewhere that, you know, our community wants to go to. And, you know, Vegas is, uh, is a unique destination in, in, in regard to uh, having a 50 Best series of events. You know, and a lot of it will happen here in Wynn. Some of it's going to happen in Resorts World. Some of it will happen in the Venetian. And some of it will happen in in individual off-strip off uh, restaurants around the city as well. So, you know, it's going to be the, the biggest food 
uh, week, I think, that uh, this city sees. Wow. Yeah, I was hoping you would be doing some off-strip and celebrating our off-strip restaurants as Absolutely. well. So for people who may have just heard of 50 Best as kind of a credential, right, a, yeah. an aspirational, I want to dine at places on the 50 Best list, but don't really know much about the organization, what does it involve to have it come to a city? Um, I mean, I think to have 50 Best come to a city is it's a signpost, really, for a gastronomic community, people who love food. And, you know, food is part of a lot of travel plans now. Food's also a real signpost of culture, I think, too. So I think having 50 Best in, in a city is, you know, for a, for a tourism organization should be a pretty exciting prospect because, you know, the world will know where 50 Best is. And 50 Best gives... I guess gives that city that, that, that almost that stamp of approval for uh, you know for for a city saying this is the gastronomic capital for 2024 in this instance. Well, what about um, events? Will there be things that will be open to the public? Will would the average Las Vegas foodie be able to really get in and enjoy this? Yeah. So I mean, most of our events are closed to the public, to be absolutely honest, because it's you know it's a, it's uh, about the chefs. Right. But uh, we will have um, a series of events happening called the Signature Sessions. Now, the Signature Sessions are where we will work with local restaurants and we will bring in the chefs, you know, the 50 best chefs, and we will get them to partner up with chefs locally and in their restaurants and create unique dining experiences. And those are completely open to the public. So it's an amazing opportunity to come and eat, you know, some of the best chefs in the world's food in your own city. And finally, October 13th, I should mention, there is a truffle dinner at Ferraro's. I believe they're mixing up some... Oh, I think I just saw something about that. Yeah, I read that they were mixing up some white truffles and some some black truffles. And you know what? I decided to go over and talk to Mimo Ferraro and find out what's up with that. I love doing these. I love this time of year. I love truffles um, of all kinds. White truffle, obviously my favorite. So we are featuring uh, t- uh, two winemakers. One is Guido Buono and the other one is Lodali. So doing some, um, you know, white and red wines. We're doing a five-course meal. Um, you know, we're featuring both black uh, truffles and the fresh Alba white truffles. So we have two courses with the white truffle and three courses with the black truffle, including a dessert. Um, so first course, we are kind of going mushroom risotto base. So we're doing a uh, porcini arancini with a nice uh, fonduta of um, pecorino. And we're going to finish that off with some fresh black truffle over there. Then we are doing a an egg in a cloud. So what we're doing is we're doing a baked egg white with um, with the egg yolk in inside of it, still very runny, and uh, on a bed of a vegetable asparagus soup. Um, and then finishing off with some crispy croutons, and we're doing some black truffles with that. And then we're just going to go classic with the next pasta course. We're, we're going to do our homemade tagliatelle pasta, nice and delicate, with just a great um, European French butter, fresh white truffles. You know, just keep it simple. Let the you know let the truffle speak. Let the delicacy of the pasta and the good butter just really kind of sh- you know show what it can do. And then we'll do a um, a prime plus New York. Uh, you know, contra filetto, we call it, which, you know, is the other side of the filet. Uh, so doing a New York strip with that, and we're going to do a hazelnut sauce and then incorporate the white truffle with that as well. Um, I had a tremendous truffle sauce with the veal chop in a great restaurant in Piedmont, and um, I'm doing my own version, which I, I, I'm close to having it exactly what I wanted. And then we're going to do some uh, homemade gelato, just a hazelnut gelato to finish the night with some fresh black truffle on that. 
Um, so great wines to pair with each course, you know, truffles across the board all the way through. Uh, we'll shaving table side, you know, inside of the, the dining room where we're going to feature the dinner. And, you know, again, this is my favorite time of the year. So looking forward to this. What's the price on that? This one in October is going to be $245, uh, you know, plus gratuity, plus tax, uh, you know, so that'll include the wine and the five courses. What is it about truffles that they lend themselves so well to Italian cuisine? I mean, I know the French chefs love them, but, um, you know, to me, it, it really goes better with Italian food. I, I would have to agree, and I think it's just the, you know, the land and the ground that they're coming from and the trees that they're growing near, um, you know, especially in the northern region, the Piedmont region, with, you know, where the Barolos and the Barbarescos come from. I think it's just a pairing that is just made made to work they made in heaven i mean that that's the pairing so the barolos the hazelnuts the truffles um you know so i mean we're going to incorporate all those into the perfect evening and that is it for this week big big thanks to kim owens mimo ferraro um sam marvin lawrence longo and i believe that's it for this week thank you gemini for hosting thank oh happy for, to for handling all the on-site recording <laughs> and everything great that you do I, it is much much appreciated oh, i'm glad i can for samantha gemini stevens and the absent but always in our hearts and always behind the scene rich johnson my name is Al Mancini, and I'm just always here to remind you to stay hungry. Stay hungry.